Chip. Hey, what, what's going on, bro? What's happening, baby? Ah, you made yeah. it. <laughs> sure did. <laughs> Kids are hard to put down sometimes. Ah, I heard. Uh, I've heard. Uh, <laughs> yeah, my my daughter's going through a phase right now where uh, she falls asleep like on my chest again, which usually oh. they only do for like the first three months. Ah, it's super cute. Also, oh. super comfy. But I'm like, yeah. I need like a cup of coffee after I put my girl down. Oh, she's eight months, right? She is almost a year old. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> someone lost track of time. I did. <laughs> Me too, man. I'm like, ah, she just turned like ten. Oh my gosh, she's almost a year. God. Yeah. <laughs> yep, yep. All right. Well, I, yep. I woke up in the future. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, let me. Um, I guess we'll. Start with the title credits, ladies and gentlemen. Right. Welcome to Rail Talk. We're your hosts, Jarrell Williams and Sorenger Williams. So we're gonna have an episode that's long overdue about our hometown of Detroit. So we're gonna have fun with this. So we're going to um I'm gonna start with some stories and tales. You can interject as well. Sure. And then we'll uh, finish off with the good stuff. I didn't want to start with the good stuff and then finish with the bad. And people like, I'll never go there. Did you hear the last hour of that podcast? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, um, I lived in Detroit until the age of 26, born and raised there. And um, Soren, you were there for quite a long time as well. Yeah, I was. I didn't live there, but I worked there for. Um, oh, actually, no. I I take that back. We did live there. So my family initially landed in Detroit, mm-hmm. and I was young to like I don't know, just a few years old, and we lived in Detroit for a little bit. Then we bounced to Ferndale, right across Eight Mile, mm-hmm. um, and then we bounced up to I think Berkeley, and then back to Royal Oaks, just like. We kept clawing up like a mile and a half every single few yep. years. <laughs> <laughs> That's a success story. <laughs> so, my, and then, uh, uh, oh, good. yeah, I did the suburb life thing and then uh, went down and worked when I was 26, something like that. Mm-hmm. And got, I think I was there till I was 36, 35, excuse me. Okay. And uh, so, yeah, I had worked in Detroit, spent a lot of time there, started learning all that shit for nine years, almost a decade. Okay. Yeah. My um dad came up to Detroit the year of the riots. I think. Oh shit. Sixty three. Three. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then um he was the first black family in the neighborhood at the moment. Then from. Was it the same house? Yeah, same house. Oh, wow. Okay. That house has been there, actually, as of this year, it's been there 100 years. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, a lot of those uh, houses are real nice. Like, I, I like your house. In 60 of those years, my family's been in that house. Yeah. And um, he met mom in 88, and mm-hmm. I was born in 90. And uh, okay. mom came up in about, I believe, the 70s. She uh-huh. had come up to Detroit and uh, lived, so... Yeah, they uh, my family's been in the city for a very long time, mm-hmm. very long time. So, uh, it was a mass migration. When was that? I I think it was during the, 
there was initially a mass migration, obviously, during the Henry Ford times. So, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, they pulled a lot of laborers down from a lot of it from down south. Yeah. And that's what um, I guess a lot of people don't realize is that a lot of, well, I guess now predominantly the, the predominant people in Detroit are going to be black. Yeah. And most of that brought a lot of their like Southern culture with them. Yeah. Because that's where most of the labor was being pulled from. It was being pulled from the South. I don't know. Yep. They were yeah, still so far Tennessee. agriculture. Yep. Yeah. So North was doing all of the, uh, the industrializing and they had a need for jobs and laborers and a lot of money to be made if you were willing to work. So oh, a lot yeah. of people willing to work made it on up. Very thriving city, especially yeah. at the beginning of the, the turn of the century and whatnot. We were, mm-hmm. uh, we were jumping. We were jumping. Um, let me think before we get any further in, because that's what dad had originally ended up doing. He wound up working 30 years at General Motors. Yep. And uh, most of my, uh, well, a good chunk of my family has worked at one of the big three, and I guess now it's big two, but. But um, so that's definitely ingrained in the the city's culture, mm-hmm. being at one of the factories. Oh yeah, absolutely. They'd, so that's something. If you're not from the area or from Detroit, everybody refers to it as the big three. Even though I don't even know if Chrysler counts as a big three that's anymore why I or whatever. Why big two now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and even then, Ford pulled out significantly from how big and it's really just GM. GM is massive, and then. Yeah. You know, you can be like, and Ford. <laughs> yes, because GM um, is definitely in the city. Ford's uh, in Dearborn, but they're not as prominent. Yeah, true. And uh, Chrysler is, I don't even know what they're called anymore. <laughs> they still got the building. You can see off 75. That's about it. Yeah. Yeah. Probably, they're probably renting it from Germans. That's all um, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then, so, Detroit... It's interesting that they had about half a million people as of 1910. And oh. I know the city goes back way to like the 1700s. Oh, I think, yeah, yeah. I think it predates the revolution pretty damn It does, sure. yeah. Um, so they, they go back a long, long time. You know, a lot of French, uh, Indian, and I guess British uh, or settlers, whatever you want to call them. People from all over the fucking place that were settling pilgrims, all that shit, started making the pilgrimage on, on West. And... It's kind of interesting because here in, uh, in Oregon, we have predominant, I mean, they, 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 they speak as like kind of one nation sort of thing. It's not mm-hmm. entirely true. There's significantly more nuance, and I'm not going to do it justice, so I might as well acknowledge that. But um, there's like several tribes and nations here, but there's like a predominance of a few, like two, three tribes. And uh, um, that were like really big in the area and all that good stuff. Back in Detroit, in Michigan specifically, in that area, there was, they also had predominance, but I felt like there was a significantly more pronounced, like, many tribes, like, many strong tribes, if I recall. Okay. Um, and so, you can see a lot of the, I mean, there's, um, God, there? there were Iroquois, is up there. I don't want to try to name them because I, I didn't memorize it before we started talking. Um, I used to know that shit 10, 15 years ago, but I don't know that now. Um, and so, anyways, there's, there's a strong native 
vibe and feel there. And you don't feel that in every part of the country. That's uh, true. That's true. It's kind of interesting in, in Oregon. I was like, oh, it's, I, went from, I went from one area where uh, tribes and Native Americans and that culture clearly left uh, an imprint on the people that are still here. Yes. And um, you definitely don't get that all over. I don't know how it feels in Virginia and shit. But... They speak of the the tribes here, and when I worked at William and Mary, uh, mm-hmm. they had a a map that showed where they were in this this region. But it it doesn't feel like they're here anymore, mm-hmm. and it um because most of Virginia around here, I know it's kind of. It's history and all of that, but there's a lot of plantations, and it makes you uneasy. Yeah. I know that's the, the, the history of the land, but damn. But other than that, you know, <laughs> it's the fact of, it's the nature of the beast, but still, you know, we're from the, the seeing plantations that frequently. Yeah, that, that's a good point. I'm not used to thinking about that as an yeah. active, like, oh, look at that. There's a farm. A lot of people died on that farm. <laughs> yes. Like, damn, that's just you, like your you mind pass goes. by some field and it has a, a sign that says whatever plantation and it gives yeah. some facts about it. And I'm like, oh, shit. Well, that's unsettling. And I guess to the, to the locals, maybe it's just seen as a place of where, you know, farming was done. But, mm-hmm. you know, to us, we know slavery happened there. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, oh, every time I see plantation, I, I cringe. Yeah, yeah, that's a big difference from being in the north and knowing us being in Detroit. We right across from Canada, so that was usually the end of the Underground Railroad where people Mm -hmm. were going to escape. So we're on the tail end of slavery where people were going seeking freedom. We're north enough, yeah, for that to be yeah the escape route. Interesting. There were a lot of. Obviously not the same fucking thing. I'm not saying that they are, but there's a corollary where, um, so my aunt ran, I'm sorry, not my aunt, my great aunt, Okay. ran what you would call a safe house, the border of like Yugoslavia and Romania, like one of the first towns, one of the first stops in, yeah. So Yugoslavia had a, to put it lightly, very tenuous relationship with uh, the, uh, the Russians. The USSR, uh, what's his name? Stalin tried to have uh, the president. God, I don't remember his goddamn name. Um, I can't remember his name. Joseph something. <laughs> Anyways, uh, he Stalin tried to have his ass assassinated several times. I think Tito. I can't remember. Um, remember your shit today, man. Sorry. <laughs> so, anyways, <laughs> it's all right, man. Uh, so Yugoslavia ended up being, they were basically like rebellious. They were too far from like the motherland to really keep them under their thumb. And they had a rebellious like uh, president. Like they weren't actively fucking with the USSR Russian motherfuckers, but they were, they were well aware that they'd have to march through a lot of fucking countries to get to, get to them. Okay. So anyways, a, a lot of goods and a lot of things from the West poured into the East oh. um, from there. Okay. So that's where all of the, the smuggling happened. Ooh. And vice versa, a lot, of, a lot of people mostly went from the east, like try to get their safe routes out from the east over to the west. Oh. And uh, my great aunt ran some sort of 
like safe house on the other side where a lot of the smugglers would stop, you know, knowing that they've got like kind of a maybe harrowing journey left. So they would stop there. They would either drop off their stuff if, they, if they're feeling heat and then come back for it. Or um, it was just like a, basically a safe stop for the smugglers before they start heading over east. And then obviously people are coming, are getting smuggled out for probably a very unreasonable price. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they would stop there and they would, I don't know. They just, they got crazy fucking stories about that shit. That like, was incredible. Yeah, yeah, they would just pay like, you know, hundreds of dollars or whatever for like blue jeans and weird shit and knowing that they could. Freedom ain't they free. Could, yeah, they could flip yeah. them and sell them for significantly more, you know, in the East. But also, if you get caught selling them, I don't know what the fuck they I mean, do. I mean, yeah. Nothing yeah. good. Yeah. Nothing, <laughs> nothing pleasant came of that. Yeah. They're not going to Aladdin you, but it's not good. <laughs> So, anyways, I find that interesting that, like, you, you talk about the Underground Railroad, and they're like, it stops here because it dumps off into the into this country where that shit isn't illegal. And yes, uh, that reminds me of, like, all the no, shit that, that people was... are trying to do, get the fuck out of certain countries. Like, people are willing to get do anything to get the fuck out Hell of certain countries. Yeah. Not only <laughs> was that interesting, there was a correlation because, I mean... They were escaping a horrible life to try to find a better one. Uh-huh. Yeah. And um people are yeah, they'll they'll go thousands of miles just to find an opportunity for living better. So mm-hmm. thanks for sharing that, Chip. That was good. I yep. did not know that. I did not. <laughs> and I like getting my dad drunk and asking these stories. I'm sure he's, he's like, got hey. some incredible stories. He's got some crazy ones, yeah. yeah. I love talking to your dad. so um oh so uh, what i want to say was like um forget where i was going i know we talked upon native and you can clearly feel the feel like half the fucking streets have some sort of native vibe or feel off of them oh yeah and then um between the native americans and there's a lot of french influence in our city yeah 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 and then uh um the population was like something half a million or something like that in the mm-hmm. early 1900s. And then by 1950, had gotten close to 2 million. I think they got between yeah. 1.8 and 2. We were up there. Which is, which is like fucking huge for 1950, in my opinion. For an no, American that's city. massive because we were one of the biggest cities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think they got fairly recently, like 10 years ago, got as low as like 400,000. Which is like wild. It's just crazy. Yeah. To go from over two million to under half a mil. Yeah. That's such a steep decline. <laughs> that's wild. And like nothing happened to it. You know what I mean? It's not yeah. like uh, Hiroshima where they dropped yeah, something we didn't on it. Have a nuclear reaction going right. on. Right. <laughs> I've always wondered because do you think it was the. Maybe the turn of the the automobile. I mean, it wasn't as exclusive just to Detroit or Detroit's definitely it's a driving town. And I, I having just come back from it like uh, what two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, driving around that city and specifically the the whole area, it's all laid out properly. properly. Oh, um, yes. to to drive a fucking vehicle. Why they have shit for public transportation. Oh my god. Um yeah, you know that. They have garbage <laughs> transportation. 
And uh, it's because everyone's expected to own a car because everybody fucking works for one of those goddamn car companies. That's also, true. cars were significantly more affordable back then. Like, I don't know, you want a house for a nickel and a car for a dime. Or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe the other way around. I yeah. swear I have this... Um, I guess it sounds like a conspiracy theory, but I'm pretty sure the the auto companies make sure the public transportation doesn't come that far up. Oh, yeah, they absolutely yeah. do. So that people they, will always have to be reliant on cars. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's, they've, they've done some feasibility studies, even in cities and stuff like that. And right now, just cars are just significantly more convenient um, without... so. This is one of those situations where if we had planned it, if we had planned like L.A. or even New York or whatever, even cities that have like somewhat decent public transportation, they wouldn't have been set up this way. That's not how it happened. This is like evolved. Like it slowly starts building more and more. You just tack on whatever you can. And Detroit was in the fortunate or unfortunate situation where cars were significantly cheaper in that area. So they built everything for cars. Like you can see that they had buses and trolleys and shit like that back in the day oh slowly those motherfuckers went out yeah and as the car became superseded them and what ends up happening is you've got everything laid out really well like there's no not no there aren't as many blind corners there's not as many trees next to the road like right now i'm walking down oregon and it's super popular to have trees Really close to the fucking. And curve. you can't see when you're making a fucking turn. Yeah, you can't fucking see it. It's really they do annoying. That shit here in Virginia, and I think that should be illegal. I, it's it it is obnoxious. I'll tell you that there's bushes yeah. and shit. And I did. I thought I significant. I, I thought I had like significantly regressed in my driving capabilities. I never had so many like close calls or holy fuck, I didn't see that guy kind of. Situation. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, where the fuck did you come from? I'm like, oh. <laughs> I glanced that way twice. How's that possible? <laughs> shit never happened to me. Motherfucker materialized. <laughs> yeah, in like 20 fucking years of driving, this shit hasn't happened to me this often. And yet I moved here in like two years. I haven't, I overwhelmed the number that I had previously. Yes. So, you're not I realize alone. it's, yeah, I realize it's in the way everything is laid out. No blind corners. It's significantly more convenient to get around in a car. And so, yeah, they absolutely repressed that. They made it easy to repress it. Um, because, and they made just the car so fucking convenient. Mm. Okay. All right. Mm. I like that. So, um, so I definitely think that's part of it. It's also one of the reasons why they got that big sprawl. Like, um, they, they joked around when I, when I moved here. Now, granted, this is a 200,000-person city versus, okay, yeah. you know, a multi-million-person uh, metro area around yes. Detroit, so I get the difference. But you know, like, dude, if you're if you're like you're dead, like you're dead, <laughs> you don't exist, kind of shit. I laughed, and now and now that I've lived here for long, I'm like, I don't fucking wait for shit. I'm like, I gotta drive like 18 minutes to that. I don't know. You're like, I guess we're not <laughs> going, kids. <laughs> yeah, fuck them. Yeah, no pool today. I'll just turn on the hose. Fuck it. I'm doing that shit. I got time for that. We go in Detroit. I'm like, hey, we're, we got to go meet my brother. He lives in Walt Lake, and I'm over in Royal Oak, or we were in Berkeley for our Airbnb, and uh, it's like 48 fucking yep. minutes away. <laughs> Fuck me. It's a long drive, <laughs> which sucks when you got three kids. Like, you're out late. Every like 10.30. <laughs> like, 
got to roll these kids back at 11 o'clock at night. That's why I never got them off Oregon time. They were always on Oregon time. Yeah. Good thing for you. Yeah. Good they can just stay out late. And they're like, what, what are we doing? It's like eight back home. Yeah. Come on, Pops. The, the night is young. Night's young. What are we doing? <laughs> so anyways. So both those, like, you know, 45 minutes. Like, oh, that's, yeah, my buddy's 45 minutes away. That's not that far in Detroit distance. No, not at all. That's that's the yeah. commonality. Even when I used to come pick you up, I'd be like, all right, tack on that for like 35 minutes. Go pick up Ralph. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you made it easy. I would like text you and you were out in like eight seconds. That's it. Like, that's an efficient man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always prompt. I time it, baby. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, he'll be here in 35 minutes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Mama tell you I'll be ready, and I'm like, right about now. He said, "Up oh, there's the text." <laughs> <laughs> oh man, let me um. Guess I'll share some tales from Detroit. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. what are you gonna say? Go for it. Go for it. Oh, I, I, I want to hear the tales. I think I want to hear the tales first. <laughs> but I want to, yeah. yeah. But I want also like. Because you you asked about like what's the reasoning for you know the population decline and oh yes please we when do we want to talk about it's not even an elephant in the room but like the, the fucking riots and the tension and how that affected essentially action and perception. actually let's talk about it now because yeah, technically we're talking about the history and infrastructure then I'll go mm-hmm. into the tales and then we'll go into all of the other stuff I mean. We're talking about Detroit. We got plenty of time. Um, I know for... It's funny because you've been to my neighborhood and you know most of the stuff from when the riots took place in the 60s never got rebuilt, fixed, or torn down if they were burned or demolished in some way. So that damage had stayed and to an extent, part of me is upset because I'm like, damn, why don't they tear this down? But it also stays there as a lesson. And I think it kind of tells people what you shouldn't do because I understand why the riots happen and I understand, you know, anger and being upset about injustice but I'm always a little conflicted about destroying where you live. And that's always bothered me. I have nothing against protesting. And I know sometimes you got to do some crazy shit to get attention. But when you burn yeah. down your own neighborhood, oof, that's a tough one. But I wasn't there in the moment in the 60s. And I don't know what that level of angry would have invoked. And when passions run high, who knows what you'll do and who knows what you need to do to get a certain response because change did come. It's true. So it's two sides to that coin. Go ahead, Chip. So the change didn't come immediately because it was a a riot that precipitated the 67 um, Mm -hmm. in 1943. And this is (laughs) kind of leading to the whole thing where I was talking about, like, a lot of folks came up from the South they brought their, their customs, their honestly, probably some of their, their baggage about how they felt being treated in the South. Of course. About that. Of course. And then the Northerners, I mean, they, they didn't fucking accept them. They don't accept any, nobody accepts anyone, I guess. That's true. Um, 
I mean, it's just being honest. No, it's real. A group, real. Yeah, if a group that looks significantly different than the one that's there starts showing up in mass, uh, usually there's going to be some tension. Just they're coming to take our fucking, jobs. It's the same. Yeah, yeah. they're here yeah. for our women and our children. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Hide your wife. Yeah, first of all. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so back in 43, there was like, um, they stopped production on something because it was, uh, well, I guess I can, so they stopped production in a strike to protest Mm -hmm. the promotions of African-Americans. So African-Americans were doing well and the ones that were, you know, fucking clearly good at their jobs were getting promoted and fucking lazy whites. Not all of them, but you know, there's always lazy people at every company. Um, yeah. Had some fucking issues and started getting other people uh, riled up. So they had serious issues with uh, them getting promoted. And, you know, I don't know why exactly. I don't know what exactly was going on in the 40s. Because the, when was the separate but equal doctrine? Ooh. Was that in the, I want to say the 50s. Yeah, I thought that was after. Yeah. So, so they didn't have the segregation yet. Um, I'm sure it was present, but I'm sure it wasn't as. Um, well, I guess it wasn't and... law. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah, like yeah. you know, there's certain places you don't go now. There's no fucking laws about it. You just don't show up there. Um, Me and you found that out in Oregon. Yeah, we found yeah. that out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's, there's at least a few places in Detroit. My happy ass doesn't show up after like 9 p.m. Or at all. Like, when the sun the gets the set. Yeah. Casper, <laughs> <laughs> you need to get the fuck up out and be like, all right. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, yes, sir. <laughs> so, um, so, anyways, um, that led to a riot. And then I'm sure none of the, that, that, it felt like that wasn't really resolved. That was, that became a simmering pot. Yes. And then, you know, two decades later, it bubbled obviously a, a bunch of shit had happened, right? Uh-huh. The, the whole separate and equal being probably treated unfairly again. Um, discrimination in the housing markets. Uh-huh. Like, it sucks. It sucks to come one, go so fucking far. And, you know, however many hundreds of thousands of miles, get a job, do well at it, and still, like, you're a second class citizen kind of thing. Yep. Um, with no fucking resolution or end in sight. That's, I think, one thing that at least, like, immigrants have or hope to have is, like, my kid will fucking do better. You know yeah. what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think, not unique to blacks, but definitely strong vibe in blacks. It's like, no, they treat our fucking children even worse. I don't know if my children are going to actually have it better. That's true. You don't um, know if the future is promised to improve. Right. And that fucking that to, to take someone's hope like that, what the fuck are you gonna do? That's that's a recipe for that resonates in you. Uh-huh. That just bubbles over and you don't want to uh you take somebody's hope, they they become dangerous because mm-hmm. they're like, What the fuck am I doing all this for? And why am I playing by the rules if they don't even help me? Mm-hmm. Impotent rage. Yes. It's the it's the worst fucking thing you can do to someone, make them feel utterly powerless you will find exactly what a human being will do yes if you take away everything they hold dear and give them no way to like resolve that conflict absolutely they will burn 
whatever to the fucking ground. Um, and then 67 was obviously significantly fucking worse. Oh, yeah. uh, the police, the police raided some sort of bar in the upper, upper Northwest side. Mm-hmm. And yep. they fucking weren't nice about it. No. Um, and what it, it just became an entire massive race ride that lasted for five years or so. Yeah. I'm sorry, five days, excuse me. Five days. I and, know what you mean, yeah. Yeah. And again, this is probably another thing of look, the, the laws have been passed, you know, it's been three years since the Civil Rights Act, and mm-hmm. you still get treated like a piece of shit. Again, you've got a simmering pot of like anger and rage and then you just let a fucking match and throw it in the gasoline because at a certain point you say fuck it if the law ain't even protecting you right yeah because you got to take matters into your own hand you're not just going to completely allow people to endlessly disrespect you and treat you like a lesser person i think it's a matter of like if you if you realize the system is broken you will burn the system to the ground yes you 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 lose all respect for the system Mm mm-hmm yeah because so. it's not even put in place to protect you. Go for it. Yeah. No, that's got it. Oh, um, that yep, that was it. That was at least those two instigating things. Now, obviously, there's going to be there's a lot more that goes into that. There's a lot going on with that. Oh, yeah. We usually break it down into black and white, but those were the majority. Um, at the time, that was the, the majority of the situation. And it's yes. not to, you know, leave out other ethnicities, but Right. I mean, at America in that time, it was more focused on black or white. Mm-hmm. And the other ones were, you know, people kind of chose sides, certain ethnicities. Yes. Um, and it's not to take anything from them. I know that uh, Greek, Italian, Irish, uh, Arabic, yep. uh, Hispanic, Asian, Asian, Hispanic. It was, yeah. Everyone None of these really people were treated here. awesome when yeah. they got here. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that, that's been America's awesome thing. Be like, we fucking rock. Be like, yeah, can we come join? Yeah, but you suck. Wait we're a minute. not going to treat you well. <laughs> yeah, we're like you, you now. You can come <laughs> over here, but you still got to go to the bathroom that says colored. Right. What's funny is that Italians were considered colored at some point. That's true. I feel weird saying that, that phrase, but like... No, but, but they were consi- right. And then at some point, they're like, oh, I guess you guys are white. Like, what the fuck? Let me just fade into this other restroom. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, you mind if I drink at this water fountain? Oh, he's not reacting. All right, that's cool. <laughs> that's funny how that just transitioned. Yeah. Like, was there, was it like a meeting? They take off the robes for a second and be like, holy shit, Giuseppe is Italian? And be like, yeah, I've been Italian. What? My name's Giuseppe. <laughs> we just they were Giuseppe. like, holy <laughs> shit, we thought he was white. Oh, yeah. The fucking God. Is. Damn. <laughs> Fuck. We. Take a vote. <laughs> they like, holy shit. Wait. Motion to Famous. include Italians in the white. Famous, are you Irish? <laughs> Fucking A. <laughs> I, I, we got to rewrite some shit. <laughs> get your ass in here. You fool, just get on in here. <laughs> All right, God, fuck. Got to amend the racist constitution now. Just make sure right. you don't get a tan. <laughs> the Irish are like, don't worry. <laughs> They're like, we're good, we're good, we, we, we promise. And the Greek are over there like, <laughs> what the this day? might get, this might get awkward in the summer. 
I promise I won't get pale. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I'm not gonna. I won't. I won't revert. Yeah. You confused? <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of the, a lot of tension, and it was mostly around, you know, an entrenched class um, versus a group that was essentially ascendant, and they look different, and. We got a whole history in this fucking country of people who look different and are not treated well. Yes, and it was, and there's never reconciliation for that shit. So it just, it just, it's always been at at ember stage. And yes. even even when the, that shit dies off, it just basically sits at ember stage. This is true. So Detroit was that, yeah, and not the only city that was like that, but you know, that's our beautiful city. Yes, it is. <laughs> so, did you want to go into anecdotes, or you wanted to like? Explore that a little bit more. Where do you want to go from here? Um, we can we can go to anecdotes. All right. Unless Fuck, you have something talk- more to explore. No, I just wanted to highlight like stage and like understanding. Oh no, what I love what you did. Yeah, because not everybody me. has like. Go ahead. No, no, no. I was gonna say you helped me with some of the stuff I either knew about, but you went more in depth of. And it gave whoever's listening a better idea of the history of the city, mm-hmm. which is what we intend to do here. Yes. And I mean, foreshadowing uh, has reverberations for the next shit till now, till five seconds ago. This is it. Yeah. As yeah. the time no, is ticking, it's still, yeah. <laughs> it's still going on. Mm-hmm. So, your anecdotes, what did you got? So, the first one you already know when I almost got robbed. So, I'm <laughs> going to tell that story for you. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> so, this was uh, winter of 2008. I'm at the bus stop on uh, any of our Detroit, on Grand River, mm-hmm. heading towards Northwestern High School. And it's a blizzard because, I mean, it's Detroit. It's February. Yeah. Can't see shit. As I'm waiting, I feel something poke in my back. And someone say, don't fucking turn around. I already have an idea what's in my back. Now I'm scared. He goes, empty your fucking pockets. I go, okay. So all I got is my bus pass, ID, keys to my house, and change for a transfer. I hand it back to him. He goes silent for longer than I think. It felt like five minutes, I'm pretty sure. It definitely wasn't that long, but, you know, when you're scared. (laughs) Yeah, right. So I started to turn around. He was like, I fucking told you don't turn around. I'm like, my bad, my bad. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. So after a little while long, he was like, turn around. And I was like, okay. He was like, "Uh, so your name's Jarrell? And I go, yeah. Jarrell Williams. Yeah. yeah. So um, did you go to Noble? middle school and I went yeah, um yeah your teacher for third grade was Miss Peterson now it's weird and I go um <laughs> sure yeah yeah he like holy shit he pulls off his ski mask and he's like it's Robert from the third grade what up baby <laughs> and reaches out and I'm, I'm not dapping him up I'm scared so he just grabs <laughs> my hand forcefully and asked, what are you doing out here? And I'm like, I'm going to school. I always <laughs> knew you were smart. You're doing that school shit. And I'm like, it's 12th grade. We're, 
We all go there. <laughs> he was like, man, here's your shit, man. Get on up there. Finish that. You, what, you, when do you graduate? And I tell him, you know, whenever. And he was like, all right, man, that's good for you. Here comes your bus. The bus comes. I get on. I'm looking back. He waves at me like he's sending me off to school. <laughs> then puts his mask back on, tucks his gun, and goes back around the corner. <laughs> <laughs> What ah, years if you were like waving with the gun? <laughs> <laughs> you take care now. <laughs> I'll rob someone else. You lucky some bitch. <laughs> so, uh, that's a message, kids. Always be nice to people. You never know. Right. <laughs> never know what will happen in the future. <laughs> so, um, another anecdote. The next, um, you may or may not include Christian being with me because he was with me most of the time. <laughs> so me and old big boy were playing basketball at the court. And um, as we're hooping um, at Noble, the school that I went to, which is across the street from where I live, there's a, mm-hmm. there's a big field and there's some kids playing football. As they're uh, playing football, somehow a fight breaks out and they wind up whipping the ass of one boy. And um, he didn't seem too happy about that, but he left after they left. And we thought nothing of it. We kept playing basketball. A game or two goes by, and we hear tires. And I told y'all motherfuckers I'd be back, and we're like, what is he talking about? He pulls out an assault rifle and just starts shooting. <laughs> Bullets are just whizzing off the fence. We're scared shitless. We take off running behind yeah. the school. As we're running behind the school, we duck down because he comes around the backside in whatever car and he starts firing. We get down. We're praying to whoever we believe in. And <laughs> one boy uh, has a, he brought a gun to the court and he starts firing back. Now we're in the middle of a shootout. Jesus. And luckily, I don't know if the assault rifle dude is gun jammed or he ran out of ammo, but it went silent. We got up and ran our asses to my house. Yeah. Thank God. And uh, <laughs> thank God even further, thugs can't aim. No. <laughs> I mean, no one got hit. It's miraculous. And next level, thank God bullets are kind of expensive. Oh, Yes. He couldn't afford to reload. Like, got 17. All right, that's all I have to do. He's like, God damn it, that's all of it. All right, fuck it, y'all get the I've, I've shot at the range before. Those aren't cheap. No, like, they're not. Really? He, uh, he like, probably just bought one box or half yeah. a box. <laughs> Shoved it in his pocket. He's like, fuck. So, the next story... Me and Christian, ninth grade, and we're walking home. It's about a mile walk from uh, McKenzie High School back to our neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And it was a nice spring day, you know, a little chill in the air. And um, in ninth grade, I think, what are you, about 14? Yeah. And uh, Christian has this nice uh, Letterman Pistons jacket on. And we're walking. Uh, it's some dude's 
sitting on a car at a gas station around Wyoming, Clement area by some train mm-hmm. tracks. And they look like they're late teens, early 20s. And they tell Christian, hey, yo, big boy, that's a nice jacket. I knew from that moment, we're cool. Yep. <laughs> now I'm scared. I'm like, oh, fuck. So me and Christian whisper to each other, hey, man, let's just keep walking. He's like, hey, big boy, how about you give me that jacket? And Christian goes, nah, I'm, uh, I'm good. We knew that wasn't going to work, but we're trying right. to walk as fast as we can. Out of nowhere, this man hits Christian with his right ear as hard as he could. And Christian, hats off to him for being big and strong because he tipped it, but he didn't fall. And um, That's I'm a like, shitty spot to get hit, too. Yes, that hurt. I could see his ear bleeding. His whole yeah. side of his face was red. I'm freaking out. So I'm like, oh, shit. And uh, Chris like, what the fuck did you hit me for? He's like, nah, we ain't doing all that talking no more, big fella. And I'm thinking, he just asked a question. So he was, <laughs> And Chris is like, whatever. And he starts to take off the jacket. He goes, we're beyond that. You had that chance. And I'm like, the fuck? Uh-oh. So now I see these dudes have uh, knives on them. And I'm like, ah, oh, God damn. So him and Christian are squaring off, and then um, we see some cars pull up. And I see a guy that I used to know growing up in the neighborhood, and I go, oh, maybe they saw what was going on, and they're going to help us. And I go, yo, what up, man? And he gives me the slow head shake, like, nah, I'm not here for you. And I go, oh, (laughs) he's with the gang. Oh, shit. So these dudes have guns on them, and now, you know, I just accept this is it for me. Ninth grade is where life ends. <laughs> so, luckily, the cops pass by, and the boys scattered. A few times the cops have ever been in our neighborhood. <laughs> Sent by some <laughs> heavenly power. <laughs> we just ran once they ran. We ran like we were robbing us. Right. And thank God we got out of that. Whew. Ooh, that fucking sucks. So, um, next event, I was going to go, uh, this is when I was working at Mary Grove. Mm-hmm. Christian was doing, it was 2010, and Christian was about to go work at, well, not about to go work. He was working the census for 2010, going house <laughs> to house asking questions. That's right. Forgot he did um, that. (laughs) What'd you say? I forgot he did that. Oh, yeah. Christian's had a lot of jobs. (laughs) He's an everyman. So he calls me and he goes, hey, Rail, uh, uh, can you give me a ride? And I go, okay, cool, no problem. I just think that was after he has to correct me on the timeline. That could have been he needed a ride because that was the first time one of his cars got stolen. That's a different story. (laughs) Um... I go, cool, man, no problem. I'll come right after work. I leave, go down Wyoming, get to the light at Wyoming at seven miles, and the mm-hmm. light's a little long. I see this uh, boy, 810, I'm probably 20. The boy is probably between 14, 16. He's on yeah. a bike. He rides the bike across Wyoming. He hops the curve by the gas station. 
He drops his bike on the grass, reaches around his back. He has a gun. He points it at the back of this man's head and blows his head off. Yeah. And then he runs away from the gas station. And, you know, people are rightfully freaking out. And right. I'm pretty sure I sat there through three light cycles staring, maybe drooling on myself, <laughs> in shock until somebody blew the horn. They had the wherewithal. They're like, hey, kid, we got places to be. Get the fuck on. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, shit, my bad. I just saw someone get murdered. And they was like, right. stop being a bitch. Yeah. Let's go. Okay, <laughs> let's go. But, yeah, that was, uh, that was a very startling event. I do remember that one because yes. I was coming home. What had to have been 20 minutes, 15 minutes behind you because mm. the cops weren't there yet. Mm, yep. And uh, I remember there's a big hubbub at this fucking gas. I wasn't paying attention. No. You know, long day at work, whatever, coming mm-hmm. home. I'm like, what the fuck's up this gas station? What's up with this light? People sitting here. <laughs> and I see, like, a puddle and people around, like, I, a body. I was like, yes. holy fuck, what the fuck? <laughs> fucking fuck, what the hell's going on? And I stopped. I probably did the same thing, like, a, a two cycles. It wasn't, it wasn't three, but I was like. Staring, and then I missed it. I missed the green light. I was like, "Oh, well, I can't like drive yeah. through a red light now." I don't know what killed this man over here, but I was a little bit freaked out. I was like, "Wait a minute!" And like, I'm slowly putting it together because it's one thing to like see shit on the TV. It's yeah, thing oh, completely yeah. to be like, "Holy fuck, that's that dude just got murdered and people are standing yes. around." It's completely like, different. Uh... <laughs> and and then uh, the light turns green, and I go. And there's a couple other lights on that street. They're not major intersections. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I didn't give a fuck if it was red. I'm like, I'm out of here. <laughs> give me the fuck. Once you hit a certain area in Detroit, so uh, this is so funny because like this is the only place that's ever been like uh, that it's ever been like this. And I've talked to Amanda about it as well. And I'm like, look, at a certain point, these lights just become suggestions. No, you just like make you sure want... traffic's because I know when you left me at home after midnight or after sundown, all you gotta do is make sure traffic isn't coming. You go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not here to socialize. Um, no. no, you want to stop probably for the major intersections. Make sure That's it. Fucking stupid's going on. Um, but those side streets, fuck no. Yeah, no, no. Fuck, you remember that one time those people tried to flag us down? Oh my down the God. side or whatever. Yeah, well, you know, roads closed. Come this way. I'm like, fuck you. Nope. No. <laughs> that no, looked man. like the shadiest thing. Yeah. I think they stole a detour sign. I, that's I gotta <laughs> think that too. They're just robbing dumb motherfuckers. <laughs> I don't know when I developed like street in, in, uh, instincts. Yes, I don't think they're you know that strong. But several times I've been like, no, that don't smell right. Get the fuck out. And we were backing up. Yeah, we backed you up. You were in agreement street. with me when my hood yeah. sense was looking. Yeah, yeah, we look at each other. I'm like, that ain't right, right? <laughs> that ain't it. No, I'm like, yeah. no, you're no. right. Hit reverse. <laughs> no, I'd rather look like an asshole than you know have my asshole. Yes, reamed out by I don't a fucking bullet. Get shot up or mm-hmm. butt plugged. I don't know what they're into down there. Right, <laughs> that street was shifty. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I remember. Th- I remember that one. We talked about it. Was that the same one that led to the cops raiding the wrong house and killing some girl? I thought it was related to that one. Um, 
I know it wound up. So it was a butterfly effect. It started off with somebody at a corner store talking to someone else's girl. They got into a spat. Uh-huh. And, and from that spat, whoever got offended for whatever stupidity shot up someone's house and that wound up killing the little girl. Okay. And that wound up being a retaliation for whoever that was, family member. I believe it was an uncle getting shot at that gas station, which is what I witnessed. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Yeah. What was the one where that, like, the police ended up in the wrong spot? That was, I believe, they were hunting down a drug dealer that killed someone, and I think he was using his family's address or something along those lines. And like you said, they wound up raiding the wrong house and shooting up the wrong people. They just went in there guns blazing. Sweet. Yeah, because that's the way to go. Uh, Yeah. That was when... You started to seeing a lot of this, and it became worse, I think, in big cities, and it became worse in cities with lots of crime, like Detroit, and mm-hmm. I'm sure Southside Chicago is looking oh, similar to this right now. But right around like oh four, five, six, seven, when all of that surplus military gear started making its way into the uh, into the hands of the local police, like yep. all of a sudden they get a fucking tank. <laughs> like, they started the bringing that tank out too. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Detroit did. Yeah, they fucking love that thing. And I get it. If you're just like, if you're a below average room temperature IQ person and, you know, you're just dumb as fucking, you're like, I guess I'm going to be an asshole cop. That's, I think, what goes. Like, the smart ones, they don't stick around doing this dumb shit, right? They'll go make sergeant, or they'll put in a few years and get the fuck out of there. They're not going to go shit on a group of people that have to be around all the time um, and risk their own lives. So the dumb ones, yeah, I totally get it. If I were a fucking idiot, I'd be like, this tank gives me a fucking boner. I'm going to try to... Is that person barricaded in? Get the tank. Tank, yeah, we're gonna yep. shoot this motherfucker. We're gonna blow this shit away. <laughs> <laughs> Just it reminds me of um, fuck, it was such a terrible joke, but also such a fucking hilarious joke. Uh, Naked Gun in one of the uh, I don't know if you ever grew up with those movies, but I oh, yes, Leslie Nielsen movie, yeah, where they're at like a standoff, and at one point he's like, Good job, Kowalski, and he smacks him on the shoulder, and the guy accidentally like shoots a shot, so every cop goes batshit, drops their donuts and shit and just starts shooting at the fucking shooting at the house. Yeah. <laughs> there was some legitimacy to that joke. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's <laughs> what made it so fucking funny. So, yeah. The, uh, oh, man. It's a lot of, I'm pretty sure some uh, dumb cops out there doing desk pop. <laughs> desk pops, yeah. Come on, you gotta get a desk pop. You gotta do a desk pop. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Woo. it's been uh, it's always a crazy time. Like uh, me and Dad would see crazy stuff sitting on the porch, mm-hmm. and one time we saw uh, it was a car <laughs> turns the corner. Hits the curb across the street. Four dudes jump out holding electronic appliances. Shooting four different directions. Two minutes go by. A guy turns the corner. Hits the exact same curb, but behind the first car. 
where the doors are wide open and jumps out. He's like, where the fuck they go with my shit? And I'm like, oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) At least you got some closure to that story because otherwise it's real fucking confusing. You know what I mean? He knows. Like, I'm really... Like, oh, okay, I see what happened. I was like, oh, <laughs> now I get it. Another time we were on the porch, and um, I think it was about the storm because it was getting dark, but it was a summer day, and a van, a pack van, stops right at the corner mm-hmm. and flings his door open. He jumps out, flings the back, the trunk panels open, Pulls out a toolbox, proceeds to go, ratches it, the stop sign falls, he picks it up, throws it in the back, and yells, we're going to eat good tonight, and closes <laughs> that and pulls off. <laughs> and I was like, did he just kill a stop sign? Dad was like, he sure did. <laughs> What's funny is that you can't tell the difference between hood stories and, like, the most redneck fucking stories you can think of. Oh, there's some overlap. <laughs> there's a lot of, of overlap people. on these groups. There's a, there's a lot of pity overlapping. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta be good tonight. <laughs> you totally picked this up fucking bulleted. Motherfucker, like, come on, ma. <laughs> we're gonna steal some top signs tonight. Uh, I remember you were telling me stories about how many times you would see, like, either crackheads or just overly zealous motherfuckers go through some of the houses that were empty on the street yes. and they were pulling off aluminum, filling the aluminum, the carper, yep, yeah, all of that. And they would steal the aluminum right off the side and broad, yeah. like, ball it up. <laughs> and take it away because I saw one of them put it into a, a, a shopping cart yeah like he was a shopping cart where are you selling that that's what I'm like who's buying it who's buying some old ass like you rip this off a house this afternoon <laughs> he's like yeah I'm gonna eat good tonight he's like okay <laughs> He's like, yeah, here's five bucks. I told you we're eating good. Yeah. <laughs> That's a 20-piece McNugget. God damn. <laughs> They're going to think we robbed McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> it's always something, man. Me and that Dad was... on that porch during the summer. It's nothing. One time, Christian was on the porch with me. Yeah. And uh, it was really hot. And it was after uh, Daddy passed, and I think we were playing cards because it was too hot to go um, to the court. Mm-hmm. So some Pulp Fiction shit happened. It was this guy crossing the street, and he gets halfway, and it's a car at the light, and he slowly looks up, and then he does a double take. He pulls a gun out and starts shooting, <laughs> and the guy in the car hits reverse, and he starts shooting back. <laughs> and me and Christian looked at each other like, you ready to go inside? Yep. All right. Yeah. <laughs> go in the basement. Yeah. Yep, we went to the basement. Yep. <laughs> Some concrete between you and the fucking idiot. Got to, man. You got to <laughs> have the bunker. <laughs> Ain't no the, uh, 
I remember um, just kind of fucked up story. So mm-hmm. somebody, I don't know, was backing up with the fury of a thousand suns <laughs> and hit my fucking car oh. in the parking lot of Mary Grove. Now, oh, Mary Grove, yeah. it, wasn't, it wasn't concrete, so I had a lot of gravel there. Uh, we were parked on, you could call it gravel, but that shit was like mud. Um, yeah. Especially after rain. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's almost it was like dryish mud. Um, <laughs> but he, he hit my fucking car so hard that he slid it into my coworker Monique's car. So our cars were like basically connected. Mine was like in her fucking quarter panel, like like two dogs humping. We got to pull these things yeah. apart. So I'm like, well, fuck, we need to get a, you know, luckily I had insurance. But I was like, fuck, we need to get insurance uh, involved in this. So I need like a police report. Hopefully they've got some some footage because we got cameras facing. We do, yeah. Turns out, yeah. Turns out those security cameras have like, fucking 25 to by 38 resolution like you can't see anything <laughs> jesus christ that's like <laughs> it's like an iphone 3gs like the very first like the second generation yeah, zoomed in as far as they could possibly go bit gaming yeah. <laughs> yeah it's like your fist like you're not gonna see any fucking thing um the <laughs> horse is like yeah the horses are off uh, Security dude, he wore a lot of hats, but he, he was over security. Oh my yeah, God. we're gonna do X, Y, and Z, and uh, he's like, maybe we can find him. I'm like, all right, they go look up some shit, and you know, they call the cops, and and uh, forget how I, eventually I find it, but I, I uh, something uh, precincts, and they're like, yeah, you're not gonna get any, any officers to respond to that right now to do any sort of police report, and I'm like, I was kind of irate, I was a little bit annoyed by that. I'm like, what? Just why not? I'm like, I might need it for insurance. I don't fucking know. Yeah. And um, so they're like, well, there was a, a, an incident over in McDonald's, and that's where all the officers are right now. So it's not going to happen. And, and it may have been that, like, Horace told me that. Like, he connected with someone. I don't remember. And then so I'm like, okay, whatever the fuck that's all about. <laughs> and then I talked to GB. And GB is like, well, earlier that day. <laughs> how small this fucking world is by the way how many overlapping weird stories we have think about um, <laughs> he's like well I'm in line at McDonald's and it was only like you know three quarters of a mile or a mile away from where we were Literally, and, yeah. and so he's like I'm in line I'm the last one in line and all of a sudden <laughs> I see people running the fuck out of McDonald's and he's like nope Puts in reverse, back the fuck out of the, the thing. He's like, luckily I'm the last person in line. It's like, all of a sudden you're like, nah, hood senses are tingling. There's some, yep. shenanigans. There's some hood shenanigans going on. And I don't want to be a part of that shit. So he, <laughs> so he, uh, he puts in reverse, backs out, goes back. Yeah, I forget what he had for lunch. He's like, I don't know. I wouldn't have had something else. So like, he probably went to lose. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he probably did. <laughs> Fuck, I should have gone to lose when I was there, but we didn't have any time to just like casually swing by Detroit. I wonder if you would have saw Buddy that was selling yachts. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'd never been racially profiled until that moment. <laughs> I didn't know what was going on. But that was funny. You like so, yachts? Um, yeah, you like yachts? Like, I don't know what you're saying, man. Take that girl out of your fucking mouth. What the fuck is he saying? <laughs> So, um, he, they, uh, they, they, I later find out that there was some sort of fucking shootout at McDonald's and they had to like 
take down some guy that was doing something. I think he was either – I don't remember if he had a weapon or if he was threatening or something, but, like, I think he brandished some sort of weapon, knife or gun. And then, Put like, the burgers in people, the bag. Yeah. <laughs> people ran the fuck out of McDonald's. Cops showed up probably quicker than he was anticipating. and Because the cop long, was going to lunch. Yeah. <laughs> long, story, long story short, uh, there's now blood in the ketchup. <laughs> fuck. That's the secret sauce for the day. Yeah, yeah. That's right. So, that's, and I, he's like, oh, that. And I was like, oh, that's what happened. Okay. So, okay. Like, well, yeah, fuck my police report. And I, there you go. And, you know, I've been in accidents before or something. And we're like, all right, let's call the fucking cops. Just write this shit down. You know, yeah. things like that. And so this is the first one. They're like, nah, it's not going to. Some dude got shot like a mile down the road and all the cops are there. And, they're like, we got know, some spring- real shit going on. Yeah. Sprinkling crack on stuff. I don't know what they're doing. Yeah. Eating yeah. donuts and being like, boy, that's unfortunate. That's a shame. <laughs> Whatever the fuck Detroit cops do. Because my second favorite story about Detroit cops is. <laughs> Sorry, I shit a lot on cops. No, no, no. Um, I got two stories about them, too, when you're done. <laughs> my wife and I. <laughs> girlfriend at the time, but wife and I are. Uh, I don't know where the fuck we were. We were pretty close to Mary Grove, maybe about a mile away. Oh. And we had to stop for something. Uh, like CVS or Rite Aid or wherever the fuck. And so we stop, and I'm, I'm next to this cop car, and I think they're on duty because I can hear their radio, like, chatter. I don't know okay. if they're I'm supposed to turn those off or whatever. And they're both just sleeping in there. <laughs> and Amanda takes a little bit longer. I forget. Again, I don't remember exactly what we were doing. But she's in there for a good, like, 15 minutes. <laughs> and... Like, these guys are just... Like, head back, mouth open. Dude, it's just out. I'm like, I hope they're just getting back from the night shift, but part of me thinks that that's not the case. Like, they're supposed to be on duty right now. Yeah, they're like, like, supposed to be fighting crime. It was probably like 8 or 9 in the morning. Yeah. They fought the sand band. <laughs> as hard as they could. They lost. They lost. So, yeah. So... One time, I think I was between, uh, I think I was nine, just because of what I remember my mom saying. Um, She found a bullet in the dining room, and there Jesus. was a hole in the window. So, you know, she calls the cops. The cops come out. It's two female cops. They do a little questioning. Then they, uh, they go... To my mom and dad, do you mind if we speak to your son? They're like, yeah, we're right here. And they go, all right. She's yeah. like, hey, uh, sweetie, um, we just wanted to know, do you have any enemies? And my mom went, excuse me? He's nine. <laughs> and uh, she said, well, we're just checking everything. My mom was like, okay, this is over. We've had enough. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all can leave. <laughs> Who would you consider your arch nemesis out of all of your enemies? <laughs> Who would shoot in here? <laughs> Who would be your Doctor Doom? <laughs> they were uh, quickly escorted out when they found yeah. out I had no quarrels with the Joker. <laughs> <laughs> so, the next shitty cop story for the DPD was, uh, if they hear this, we will never be protected. 
and I'm pretty sure we'll be harassed. But okay, we weren't we weren't protected before. That's true. I don't know. I don't know what worse looks like. <laughs> He's gonna nap through my shooting. He was gonna nap through my shooting. If I get anyways. gunned down, they'll just be at McDonald's. <laughs> so, what, what in the Chief Wiggum bullshit is going on in that fucking area? <laughs> anyway, sorry. No, you're good. Because this is goofy too. So we uh we had a break in at the one of the multiple, sadly. And um we had come back from visiting dad at the hospital. You know, tensions are high, emotions are raging, and uh, yeah. we see that. And there's a uh, crowbar in the backyard. So mom like, hey, Jarrell, don't touch it. I'm calling the police. And I go, yes, ma'am. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Police come. We tell them everything that we know to lay out, blah, 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 blah. So at a point, the cops look like they about to leave. And my mom goes, um, excuse me. I just wanted to uh, make sure y'all don't forget the crowbar. And the cop goes, How, forget it. What do you mean? And she said, so y'all can take it for fingerprints. And he turns around. And he goes, ma'am, this isn't Hollywood. We don't do that. And I went, what? <laughs> I was like, what did you just say? And mom is like, Drill, calm down. I was like, what? It's his job. He's like, listen, man, we don't have time to fingerprint anything. We, uh, <laughs> we probably won't even figure out who did this. And I'm like, fuck these guys. <laughs> I'm like, what a waste. <laughs> we need goddamn Batman. Because y'all are worthless. <laughs> Don't do this. This ain't Hollywood. I, like, this ain't Hollywood. <laughs> I can't. Else. I'll never forget that shit. In their defense, I found out that fingerprint analysis is like borderline garbage. It's oh, not. Man. Yeah. So I can see why they're like, that's not going to. Not going to fucking do anything. <laughs> All right. That's a, that's a slice of reality that, like, it sounds like you weren't ready for, and I wasn't, I wasn't ready for. Yeah, when, yeah. like, I found out how much, like, how much is complete bullshit, <laughs> and how many things, like, they won't look into, and they won't solve, and all that good shit. And yet, they will harass the fuck out of a bunch of people. That's the part <laughs> that is, like, kind of crazy to me. They won't solve crimes, but they will harass them. They will harass the fuck out of people. <laughs> <laughs> But if it's crime-related or it requires too much paperwork, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Sounds like a lot of work, man. <laughs> How about we just go beat up a couple of Hispanics and call it a day? All right, right yeah, you know. <laughs> Let's go find somebody brown. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Woo. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Damn. All right. Oh, boy. I usually get a lot of drunk drivers on my street, but that <laughs> heard. was drunk. We heard that one. Yeah, they were weaving. This is this is the residential road I'm on. I'm not. Oh, boy. Well, God. The funniest, the funniest drunk driver story I have is I was someone in, I think a similar vehicle to that, like a Jeep. And they were weaving real bad on 13 Mile and heading oh, west towards Rochester Road. Yeah. And I don't even know how you can do this. They're, they're, they're heading west, so they're on, like, the right side of the road. 
and they cross all the lanes of traffic, hit a pole so fucking hard, like a light pole. It was like ones that are 30 feet in the air that light up the road so fucking hard that it tips over on the car. Oh, like it leans, it leans forward, and then the thing comes back. Something must have snapped, and then it falls on the fucking car. And I'm like, first of all, I don't know who engineered or designed that thing. But <laughs> I don't know how the fuck did that work. Second of all, how fast were you going? How, how did that even happen? Up were you? <laughs> I, I fucking called the cops. I was like, hey, some, I think they're drunk. They might not be alive. There's a pole on them right now. Looking at and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> my God, so someone has whatever. They're like, okay. <laughs> so, no. uh, when I was, uh, I'm going to say 13, 14. Somebody mm-hmm. ran into our fence, drunk as oh, fuck, geez. came clear through, and uh, mom and dad woke up. They tried to wake me up, but I was a teenager. I went back to sleep. Nice. <laughs> uh, they said this guy came through the fence. He was drunk. He opens, he swings open the driver door and starts yelling random shit and tries <laughs> to take off running, but he's just running in circles in the middle of the street. And then he collapsed <laughs> over in the school parking lot. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> so he wasn't hard for the cops to find. He was Detroit <laughs> I was police. Gonna say, I was going to say, the cops never found him. They, well, he he right got there, away. Man. I want you to know he got away. <laughs> He's right there, officer. I'd be like, look, this isn't Hollywood. All right? Right. We don't We're just... <laughs> pull it together, bud. You've been watching too many movies, kid. <laughs> beat the shit out of him, and that's it. We'll beat his back ass and we'll leave him there. <laughs> <laughs> so, when I was, I'm going to say six or seven, um, a drug plane fell at the school playground. I'm sorry, did you say a drug plane? Yes, I did. A drug okay. plane fell. At the school playground. <laughs> How big was this plane? Is it like it was a tiny personal plane? It could probably okay. fit no more than probably two people. It was a propel plane. Um, <laughs> cocaine and money started to rain down. People run over there collecting all of it, and oh, the yeah. dude was dying, and he wound up dead. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, yeah, he fell out of the fucking sky. He fell out of the sky. And I'll just imagine people, like, rolling him over, getting the money underneath (laughs) I know it's morbid, but the shit's hilarious. He knew the risks. Yeah, I mean, he was moving dope. That's the risk. It's like, look, if I fall out of the sky with a bunch of money, nobody's going to give a fuck about No, no, no. You've given up your right to get fucks. (laughs) You just gave the hood a lottery winning. <laughs> That's exactly it. I'm going to drop money and drugs on top of poor people. It's going to go well for me. No, no, it won't. They won't touch it. I'll be all right. They'll get yeah, to the hospital. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure they'll care about my personal well-being. And not, like, scooping up as much cash and getting the fuck out of Dodge before the, like, people's guns show up. Yeah. I just saw so much elbows and ass just move. People were flying. <laughs> That's so fucking funny. Fuck. 
That is fucked up, but that's so funny. Oh, man. What a time. <laughs> God, I love it. <laughs> oh, man. Trying to think, what else? There's always <laughs> something. I know I'm missing tons of stories, but, Anna, what can you do, Chip? What can you do? I saw a dude get a uh, a mob beat down. I'm thinking he owes somebody money, and I'm pretty sure he shouldn't have borrowed from them. He should have taken out a loan. <laughs> we were, uh, once again, sitting on the porch. And before they, uh, it was a stop sign there, there were traffic signals, but somebody had stole the traffic signal. <laughs> but that's a whole different story. <laughs> um, uh, the guy is at the stop sign in a car looks like it's going across the intersection and stopped right in the middle in front of him. And I guess he knew the jig was up because he tried to reverse, but the car behind him turns horizontally, so he can't go anywhere. Yep. So I'm pretty sure he was sweating his balls off. Some dude hops out of the car in the front, grabs this motherfucker out the car. This is some movie shit. He pulled him out the window and throws him on our lawn. Damn. And those motherfuckers. You know you owe me, blah, blah, blah. He's talking all this shit. And he just proceeds to whip his ass within an inch of his life. And he told him, don't make me have to come look for you again. They drive off. Dude crawls into his his vehicle, drives to his house, which is just a few more houses down, gets out of the car and collapses on the the lawn. And his mom comes out screaming. And I was like, God damn. (laughs) And dad has to go outside and hose off the curb because he bled on a curb. So. I can fucking see your dad doing that, dude. Like, with the most just calm, annoyed demeanor. That's it, yeah. <laughs> Nothing bothered him and mom the way it did me. They would just go about <laughs> They were the most nonchalant, and I love it. <laughs> Not reactive people ever, man. We were on the porch, all three of us. Mom's reading a book. Dad's doing his crossword puzzle, and I most likely had a comic book. The Tigers game is on the radio. <laughs> this car comes up, and the car stops abruptly. This woman, who looked like a very butch woman, jumps out the car, looks at this orange well, it had orange uh, trim house that was across the street from me. Reaches mm-hmm. in the car, pulls out a shotgun, shoots the front of the house until she runs out of bullets, throws the gun back in, and peels off. <laughs> I'm like, the fuck was that? <laughs> God damn. And I go, I'm like, oh my God, did y'all see that? And my mom's like, we're right here, Jarrell. <laughs> and my dad was like we saw the same thing you just saw I mean like just just keep reading your comic book <laughs> I'm like they've seen much harder stuff than I'll ever know <laughs> that's the thing if that shit is like out of dump right your dad's probably logical he's like you can't even get through the fucking you can't even get through the door with a shotgun at that distance. Like, 
<laughs> and like that's just for show. Yeah, that's exactly it. It's like you're not even gonna pet it. Just, that shit didn't even make it into the living room. You fucking dumbass. <laughs> Wasted like, money. I'm pretty and... sure they didn't even turn the volume up. <laughs> you're stupid. Fucking pussies. <laughs> yeah, that's not how you do that. <laughs> Oh, man. I had to remember, you know, my uh, parents' dad was born in the 30s and mom's in the 50s, and they were black, so they, they saw much harder shit happen. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> so anything that shocked me wouldn't even phase them. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Shit was always a good time, man. I love it. <laughs> Very hilarious parents. But, um, yeah, that's... Uh, we can go into the um, more positive side of the city now. Right? I thought we were on the positive side of the city. <laughs> we were on the positive stories for us. Yeah, they were funny. We yeah. were in the just for laughs section. <laughs> so, all right. I'm walking. And it must be like fucking witching hour. Like everybody needs to come back home or something. Because it's. Uh, it's 10.30. Apparently, all the teenagers need to be back by 10.30. <laughs> so, I'm walking down, and there are teenagers. Look like, I don't know, six of them? Yeah. They'll get out of the SUV, and uh, I can't hear what they're saying, because you and I are talking. Yeah. <laughs> all I hear as I pass is the whitest thing that I've heard, at least in the last month, which is what was, yo, those tacos were crazy, yo. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that coming out of like a like a tall seventeen year old white kid. Those tacos were crazy, yo. <laughs> tacos were crazy, yo. <laughs> Where they usually put the queso, they put cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, tasted his first Chipotle taco. He's like, that shit's oh crazy. He's like, did you have it with the Baja Blast? <laughs> I'm like, what are the criteria for a taco to be crazy? <laughs> yeah, what, like, break it down for me. What makes it local? What makes it local? How are we talking? <laughs> good God. Uh, I'm having a good time. So, um, I just want people to know, even though Detroit itself is one of the demographically blackest cities in America, because mm-hmm. uh, I think it's something like somewhere between 78, 80% African American, but the oh, wow. metro area is quite diverse. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, Ferndale has a big, you know, uh, LGBT population. Southwest is a Mexican town. Southfield has a Jewish community. Dearborn has one of the biggest Arabic communities in the in the country. In the world. Amtramic has a hodgepodge. What'd you say? 
uh, in the world. They're the second. Oh, in the world. The, oh, sweet. Yeah. The largest grouping oh, of Arabic folk outside of the Arabic Peninsula. <laughs> like outside of the Ooh, Middle East. outside of the Middle East. Look at us. Yeah. Okay. There's, there's, no, there's nothing larger. Yeah. God damn. Yeah. Like half, half the streets are in, or half the stores are all They're in Arabic, if not more. Yeah. Which is amazing. Great fucking um, food, man. You want any oh good, you gosh. fucking go there. Oh, I miss the food so much. That was one of my next points because you got Greek town and Polak town and all of these, I guess, epicenters for different diversity groups have some of the best food you can get. Detroit has oh, yeah. amazing cuisine. Yes. And for any culture that you want to eat their food, you will find it and it will be top of the line. And that yes. I miss more than anything. Uh-huh. Same here. And uh, every time I go back, I try to get something with mom. You know, we'll go to a different spot, different type of cultural cuisine because it's always good. Get a little coney because that's our specialty. I oh, I didn't get coney, coney this last time. Oh, God damn. Yeah, it's okay. And I have to tell people about a Detroit-style pizza. We invented the mm-hmm. square pizza. God damn, we're right. We did. God damn, um, I need the world to know that. Keep going, Chip. The it's funny because Costco has those and it's like Detroit style and I'm like fuck yeah yeah uh, I get so got, proud when I see that yeah they I'm they like, got it on sale right now and I walk by I'm like boys you want to have some Detroit style pizza and they're like no I'm like fuck you son fuck wrong with you <laughs> fuck mm-hmm. you <laughs> Amanda's like my god no fuck him <laughs> do you know do you know how many thousands of these I've made I don't think you understand you this fucker it's in our blood <laughs> yeah we're pizza folks son. You better recognize. Oh, honestly, I don't know how many thousands of. I probably made over ten thousand pizzas. Oh, I guarantee it. I've yeah, at least pizzas. They're always delicious. They, um, yeah, I love the. I, I, I always enjoyed those. Like, they're to do them right to get the crispy fucking crust. It's not super easy. It's not always obvious. You got to fuck with it. After a few hundred, you should be able to nail it down. But. uh <laughs> Like, I figured it out. I didn't really tinker much until, you know, you just get bored, right? So, yeah. like, all right, I wonder, wonder what I can do. I wonder how spaghetti is on a pizza. Shockingly, not bad. Um, oh, that's new. Yeah, you, you chop it up and you mix it with some bacon, onion, green pepper. Oh, shit. Throw it on some in the sauce, put some cheese on it. It's not bad. You got to call it up. Anyways, it's, yeah, no, this is just like you get bored. You're like, what the fuck is this going to taste like? Right. Anyway. <laughs> um, a little bit of oregano and some white pepper. Yeah, it's just good. So, <laughs> but yeah, I definitely love the food around there. I love all the different groupings, yes. especially. So you've got more diversity in your area because you got the, the base. I yeah. have the university, but they're like, I don't know, they're like university diverse. Like, gosh, how do I say this? Cause I, Whites I and Asians? I mean, no, no, no. Because there's definitely uh, the largest demographic outside of white is actually Hispanic here. Oh, um, nice. yep. and I mean, don't get me wrong. We ignore them. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> it's, just, it's so bad. Every time the conversation turns, like both Asians and Hispanics, you kind of fucking Y'all ignore, ignore them so much that I, I wasn't know. aware of them. I don't. Yeah, no, I don't know why, but they're just like, they're not. I think it's because the group, the, the group itself, uh, barring a few, you know, probably key people. Are pretty like kind of nose down. They don't complain much. Kind of 
Like that's a that's a cultural thing. Like okay. they're just not a big. They're yeah, not a big protesting. Lane. Yeah, they're not a big protesting kind of group. You know what I mean? No, like they don't give a shit. And um, so, anyways, uh, the you know, there's there's quite a lot of them in students, and there's actually quite a lot like in the the, the city in the area. Um, however, it just that, that's it. Like, there's some Asians. So I, Yes, you've got there, and you know, when we say Asian, this is like a wide range, not Indian, so there's no Desi. There's usually a Pacific Islander, yes, and like East Southeast Asian, yes. And then, um, it, it's just not the same. A 20 a year old coming here for fucking college is just not the same as an established business that's in its second or third generation that's doing whatever food mm. or. Or business, whatever it might be. It's just there's not the same feel there in a college town as there would be in like an older neighborhood that's established, like Detroit or whatever. Yeah. Like, how long has Mexican Town been there? They've clearly been there for a. Oh minutes. my god. That's yeah. not you know that's not like some fucking twenty year old that started that shit up. No. You know. That's generations. Yeah. Every so group that we like named that. has yeah. been there for for some years, decades. Actually, you're right. Yeah, yeah. you're you're right. And they've they've got roots that go deep. They've got a large community there, et cetera, et cetera. Yes. And um, so, I I feel like that's not in this college town. There's definitely okay. some. There's definitely some. I'm not saying that there's absolutely nothing, but um, a lot of it is. A lot of it's just white. It's, I'm not against white. It's just not really. There's not like a flavor. There's not like there's a Bavarian. You have to, <laughs> you have to fucking. There's no Frankenmuth kind of thing. No, there is Leavenworth. You got to drive like 500 miles. But you know, this it's just it's more generic than I would like it to be. It's a lot of vanilla. Okay. Yeah, it's a lot of vanilla. <laughs> and it's logging folk. You know, shit like that. You've got a lot of rule and blue collar and shit like that. And True. yeah, meat and potatoes type human being. <laughs> and. So there's none of the like interesting cuisine unless people introduce it, and mostly it's going to be like through food trucks and things of that nature. Oh yeah, and that's I don't know. It, it's not that it's disappointing because it's not really the vibe or the word um, that I feel. They got a great beer culture here, so if you like beers, if you like happy oh, yeah. bullshit, this is the fucking place to be. Um, and then. I, I guess that's that's really my thing, my critique of like a college town versus a, a city that's been there for a while. Um, yeah. Do you have the same different. sort of? Do you have anything like that, or do you get the same vibe from being in a military base kind of situation um, where the diversity the problem, is transient in nature? Yeah, yeah. That's exactly where I was going to go with it. Um, besides, you know, people passing through, those that remain, such as I have, um, it's not established like a city, like you said. There's no centers cultural centers for each diversity group we're just all mixed in and a true melting pot yes melting pot is people living amongst each other becoming friends marriages all of that all Mm -hmm. of these different intertwining relationships but because there's no established base we don't get the cuisines but you get you get one-offs, holes in the walls, different kind of spots, food trucks, but there's not, I'm not going to be able to go to a Mexican town here. Yeah, There's yeah. no Arabic town. There's, yeah, it's such right. a mix. It's cool, but we grew up in 
a very nice spot where we could just drive, you know, half an hour, 45 yeah. minutes, but we would be able to experience something different. And I mean, I, I know we were spoiled because I, I'm not in a place unless I got to go all the way to DC to get a, a downtown experience. Cause I get so disheartened when I go to certain places where they say this is their downtown and it's a street. It's just a street <laughs> of a few activities <laughs> at best. But you know, I think Detroit, we have a phenomenal downtown. And I think we, we got, got great all downtown, the sports yeah. teams, we got the 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 theater, we got entertainment, mm-hmm. shopping. It's a lot going on down there. I and... love going down to the symphony. I mean, oh my god, white as, white as shit. But like, I love going down. I mean, it's um, nice. It, 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 yeah, it's white. It's fuck fucking say, cool. But it's nice. It's fucking cool because I was not. I didn't grow up with classical music. It's not like I don't even have anybody that plays instruments in my fucking family outside my brother. Um, when he was in school or whatever. <laughs> like, I feel you know, like I instruments. It was cool. That time I went with y'all to St. Clair Shores. And mm-hmm. we saw the fireworks while they were playing Star Wars uh, yeah. orchestra. Yeah. yeah, yeah, orchestra music. Yeah, that shit was yeah. cool. Yes, forgot. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot that we went together. Yep. Yeah, that shit's a lot of fun. I love stuff like that. Now, as I got older, I was like, oh, I didn't grow up with this. It was like, no. It's interesting. Some cultures, regardless of how poverty-ridden they may be, music is like of paramount importance. Music is life. Like, I, yeah. Yeah, Irish is a good example. Um, oh, they yeah. always have some motherfucker that can sing or play something or some beat up, like, three-string piece of shit that they're like, yeah, yeah gather around, we're going to get drunk and we're going to sing and dance. You're like, fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah, like a celebration of life type thing. There's a lot of cultures that are like that. Not all of them are like that, though. Um, so I, when, when we got here, I don't know. I don't know if they, my parents ever were into that sort of shit, but um, we, instruments weren't a thing. So when I got older, I'm like, this is fucking cool. I want to experience this more. I want to eventually pass this on to my children. This appreciation for it. Because, like, I mean, different... we coming from Motown. Right. We're coming from Motown. And I didn't really. So I love the roots. I've, music has always been part of my life. It's just not like instruments. You know, I've always mm-hmm. loved music. I think everybody. I hope everybody loves music. I hope um, it does. <laughs> yeah. As you get older, you get more, more and more distant from it. I totally understand that. But, like, um, I remember, you know, Motown's got a huge fucking history there. Oh, yes. Uh, and um, even the rock and the punk scenes over in Detroit were, yep. were stellar. Um, so you've got an area that's musical, but it's not. The, the best example is something to the far extreme. And that's, do you remember when we went down to New Orleans? Oh, my God, yes. And everywhere you turn, everywhere you go, they were bands, like, or somebody was playing a uh, trumpet, or right. Yeah. You, you remember that dude that just found the perfect acoustic spot? Yes. I don't remember what street he was on, but he was literally just him in the middle of the street playing the fucking trumpet. And it sounded like he was the music for the whole French Quarter. That's right. He managed perfect. to find the spot that reverberated everywhere, and it, he was he. It, the sound was much larger than one human being. I was like, "Fuck, man, that's awesome." Always, always music, always something going on. Now, granted, that's to the extreme. Yes. Clearly, music has always been a massive part of that entire city. Yes, yes, absolutely. And that was cool. That was, when I first went to New Orleans and was hit with that, 
There are a lot of motherfuckers singing all the goddamn time. All the time. <laughs> and it was the identity in, of the city. Yes. And I love that yeah. because it had its own personality. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. I would have loved to see it before Katrina. I don't know oh my if God. it fully I'm rebounded sure by the time. Yeah, by the time we, we went out there, I don't know if it fully rebounded. No. Or if it was just a completely different thing, but that would have been fucking cool. Yeah. It would have been nice to see it in its uh its heyday. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That would have been. Cool, yeah, I'm sure. That's also interesting to me. Um, now that you bring it up, certain cities have identities, and I believe ours is um, it's always a gritty hustlers mentality, and I love that yes. about ourselves. Underdog, always fucking yes, underdog, always. and that's one of the things that, that's why everybody like make fun of them. But like Lions fans are ride or die. But yeah, we're, we're with them to the end every time. Damn That's right. how we got stars like Eminem out of it. We got people <laughs> that come from the fucking bottom, the gutter, yeah. <laughs> that rise up. <laughs> That's when I rented uh, this place at the last um, Airbnb. Their big shtick was like Detroit versus everybody. Every It was like 100% Detroit blast all up in your fucking face in this mm. entire house. Everything from... So they had um, a record player. They had like... Uh, Miles Davis and uh, other like jazz musicians. We just played Miles Davis over and over again because he's fucking amazing. But I mean, um, David was like bopping his head to Miles Davis. Oh, I'm like, yeah, okay. this is fucking cool. He was he really dug it. He he slept with the uh, the the album. What the fuck? Word. The thing the that plays. Yeah, the record player slept with the record yeah. player, and um, we'd get up in the morning and start playing. I'm like, that's fucking cool. That's anyway, awesome. but yeah, it, there's always been that mentality, and I didn't notice things. We can go a little, a little dark on this one because I think I think it needs to be acknowledged. And Come on, um, telling the truth. When I was growing up in the suburbs, mm-hmm. I think I told the story before too, where like you're you're getting your Channel Four news, and. Oh, yeah. and <laughs> There's Devin Skillion or whoever the fuck they had at the time. And uh, he's like, and it might not even like be a famous anchor or one of the major ones. It'd be some, uh, one of the side ones. And mm-hmm. in, I don't know, Bloomfield, Birmingham or Farmington or whatever, someplace that's uh, not really like hood oriented. Yes. And they're like, ah, oh, here's, you know, and over here in Farmington, we've got, you know, puppies for sale and all that shit. News about Detroit, you know, like, and these fucking animals over here, because they always lead with like some like something terrible. Like I don't, I. It might be my memory shit, but I don't remember a bunch no, of positive right, stories coming about Detroit. Have a fucking pie festival going on, right? And yeah. we get five mass shootings yeah, going down exactly the city, it. and we're savages. Yes, and they always it portrayed it, whether they did it on purpose yes. or not. They portrayed it as like fucking Detroit is just full of just like violence and, and chaos and, and bullshit. Don't fucking go down there. Yes. You know, I rarely would they be like, and you know, in, in downtown or the Riverwalk area, they would have, you know, their huge barbecue fest. I forget what the fuck their name was. I loved going to. The- oh, yeah. Um, or go uh, to see the fireworks on the river. Yep. And. You know, I remember going to a bunch of those, and I'm like, 
wasn't really that dangerous. I don't remember, but who knows? Maybe we stuck to good areas, and these are the hey. the bad areas that they're talking about. <laughs> like scary areas filled with black people and shit. Like that. <laughs> and I realized that it, like, whether you like it or not, it's it's gonna change the way you think about the city because the course. city is gonna be what you're saying, seventy, eighty percent black, mm-hmm. and they report nothing but bad stories. Yep. Whether you like it or not, they're gonna link that shit in your head. But that's how you. So, uh... Use propaganda to create prejudice. Yes, yes, a hundred percent. Yeah, Goebbels would be fucking very pleased with Channel Four News. <laughs> <laughs> fucking tied Nazis into it, anyways. Uh, but yeah, it was like propaganda written, and I'm like, oh my god, it's fucking dangerous down there. I start working down there. It is nothing like what I thought. It wasn't dangerous. No, you're wrong. Like, don't be stupid. Well, you yeah. know, be don't vigilant. follow mother. Yeah, you have to, it's still a fucking city. It's probably yeah. no da- more dangerous than any other fucking city. Exactly. And yeah, there's going to be spots where you want to avoid. There's going to be increased drug and therefore gang activity. And yes. what the fuck are you doing in those areas to begin with? You shouldn't have been. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I started working down there. Obviously, I was in the 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 areas that had the areas that had money initially. And then I became buddies with GB, and he started driving me around the city. He's like, hey, back here, back during this time, this is what it looked like, and this is a massive, you know, house. And I'm like, fuck, you take that, you take a lot of those houses that were built uh, back in the 30s. This is the ones I specifically remember just north of, like, Wyoming, mm-hmm. or um, just north of McNichols, just north of Stickball, right? Yeah. And right around there, east of Wyoming, north of whatever, and they're in various stages right now. My memory is that several of them were dilapidated, probably 30%. But also were in good condition, like really good condition. And they were massive homes. Yeah, they were large yes. and extremely fucking well built. Yes. Beautiful. I was like, either these people are doing an immense amount of maintenance on these houses every single year, which probably not, or no. these are just well fucking built and engineered houses. Yes. And, it, and they were, you know, 80 years old at the time. And I'm like, you take any one of those fucking houses, you put that shit in the suburb, you've got a half million dollar house. Yes. And they triple or, you know, the price. Yeah, there's a tri- you know, they're like ten thousand dollars here in the city and the where we're they're, you know, three hundred thousand, three hundred and fifty thousand dollars out in the suburbs. Yep. And I was like I mean the plot of land wasn't huge, I get that, but the house itself houses themselves were nice and well built. I'm like that's a lot of it was just was propaganda. It was a shame to see that I, that it, it was like an eye-opening moment for me when I realized that I had, you know, a buddy to walk me through essentially a different lens in the city. Yeah. Like this is what this looked like. This is why this is this area. This is you know the historical importance of this area. It was really awesome to have somebody that learn like, perspective. Yeah. 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 In perspective, in something that I never would have thought to go search out for myself. True. Yeah. Um, it was one of the reasons why I really started liking Detroit. It started getting pissed. Like, I'm able to shit on Detroit because I spent some time in there and, like, actually helped out, I hope, gave more to the city yeah. than I took. That's our home. Yeah. And, and, but, like, I started to realize that, fuck, how, how deep does this racism and this divide and this black white divide go? Mm-hmm. Um, again, me being mostly ignorant through my 20s and, um, starting to see, starting to have the veil pulled off a little bit or pulled up or whatever. And you start noticing certain trends, certain things. And 
as much as you want to deny that you don't want to live in this world, like I would say, I think we talked about this before, that like I don't want to live in a world that's like racist. So usually yeah. when I'm I see something, I see something that's questionable, I would like to default first on there being a good, logical, um, well-meaning reason before it's like oh that's, that's the person might be a racist piece of shit. Yeah. Um, just because the second one makes me uncomfortable. There's no way around Because you want it to be a sensible explanation instead yes. of being a shitty human being. That's, that's exactly it. Yeah. That means that there's a lot more shitty human beings. And that I just don't like that. And um, so, jumping back, I start seeing, I'm like, there's only so many times you can deny what you're seeing and hearing yes. until finally, like, yeah, maybe there is more to this. Once you pull the curtain and, back, you got to accept the reality. Yeah, that's the case. Yeah. So one of them was um, how a lot of people, especially like I, I remember watching and listening to, to either uh, basketball when the Pistons were making their run or mm-hmm. when they were coming down off of it uh, back in like five and six and seven and all that, um, you know, still going deep, but like not winning it. Yeah. And, um, you know, Detroit Lions and how quickly and readily people would just like shit on Detroit. They were waiting for us to fall. Oh, absolutely. Yes. They took a certain amount of glee and happiness about it. And then you take it into the greater aspect and perspective of like, this is still a vastly predominant black city. And our team is so quickly predominantly black. Yes. Yeah. So quickly and easily willing to like make fun of and shit on this city. And you can't help but at some point deny that ah, that sure seems to be too common. <laughs> yes. <laughs> After all, okay. a coincidence that happens uh-huh. too often isn't a coincidence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm all set. It's like, ah, fuck. You guys are willing to do this because it's it's an easy, low target. That's another reason yes, why. Low-hanging fruit. Low-hanging fruit, stupid jokes, um, you know, things of that nature were just, they were annoying. They didn't. They didn't put any effort into shitting it started on to poke at me a while because they were just giving us a reputation of just violence crime and corruption we were worthless uh-huh. all of our teams were trash the city wasn't yeah. worth anything and i'm like all right man you gotta get the fuck yeah. off us yeah and i remember that's what i grew up with that's the opinion that i grew up with all the sports catchers all the people all the shit and i rooted for detroit teams i oh, loved yeah. being there like how many cities have, you know, teams that have been there a hundred fucking years? And all of them, not just, you know, yes. oh, we got our football team. No. We got four major sports teams right in the downtown area. And mm-hmm. very few cities can say that with that much longevity as well. And success. And granted, yes. we'll ignore the Lions for a moment. Yeah. But, um, but each other team know. had its period. Yeah. I mean, we're that also known as Hockey Town. That's right. Dude, that, granted, I don't know how the Red Wings are doing now. I hear not well, but yeah, not like well. they were a they were a fucking force. They were a legend for like they 15 were a years. Dynasty. Dude, for, for 50 years, they didn't win shit. I think it was like 45 or something like that. Yeah. Nothing. And then for the next 15 to 20 years, they were the Patriots of the fucking hockey They world. were. The Pistons had two generations of hot talent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not too many teams have that because we ruled the 80s and the 2000s. Yeah. And we had Darko. Think about that. <laughs> we picked up hot garbage and got him a ring. 
got a ring. Motherfucker, uh, somewhere mopping up Wendy's now, but he has a championship. It's okay. It's okay. We turned out who was it? Wade, Wade, Wade? Mello, everybody that wasn't Mello. LeBron, we didn't pick up. <laughs> That's one of the biggest sports scars we gotta live with outside of wasting both Barry Sanders and Calvin mm-hmm. Johnson. I, I think those are way worth. Yeah. Those are way worse because those are once in a fucking generation. Those are established goats with no championships. That, that's exactly it, and yeah. not just not just goats, but like because Emmett in in his way, Emmett Smith was in his way was a goat. Like <laughs> he holds he holds the record. He was a good fucking runner. There's, yeah. If it, if Barry Sanders didn't exist, we wouldn't have any conversations about Emmett being a second rate, oh, not second rate, no, but like yeah. as good, right? But he was at the—he had the misfortune of being in the Barry era, where everybody's like, "What the fuck, Barry can do?" And, they like um, him. He had no offensive line. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He didn't have the fucking the hunk of beef that was the fucking Cowboys line throughout the nineties. Are you kidding me? I could have gotten thirty-six thousand yards <laughs> if Barry had half of that line. He'd be God. <laughs> It's funny because I was talking to some people who shit on Barry, and they're like, "Yeah, but he like fucking lose so many yards so often." I'm like, "Yeah, because he was getting but, chased." Yeah, he was running for his fucking life. Somebody <laughs> handed him a ball, and all of a sudden, 800 pounds had a hand on him. Do you understand? There's like at least three people. Can you imagine? Two seventy or more. You get the motherfucker that gives it to you. Yells, "Godspeed." <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. Good luck out there, Barry. And he's yeah. running. <laughs> Fuck. They coming for you, Barry. <laughs> Good luck. Oh, God. Mama, don't let him get me. Take this. <laughs> oh, oh my God. He was still amazing. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, but oh, they, yeah. I just remember getting annoyed. I was like, look, I respect your opinion, but also it's trash. You're trash. I don't I don't respect your opinion. <laughs> <laughs> I respect your opinion, but not you any longer. So I'm sorry. I disrespect them respectfully. <laughs> get out get out of my house. You're in my house. I, you know what? Get not the fuck anymore. Out, then. <laughs> I don't think you deserve this house. <laughs> Sir, you don't live here anymore. You're yeah. trash. <laughs> It's already been told. It's on Zillow right now. I'm sorry. <laughs> and good no. God, the talent that Megatron was. If he was with anybody uh-huh. else, he has a ring. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. To think somebody that good made Stafford look immaculate. <laughs> and I'll, I'll be the first to admit, I shit on Stafford for years, and I was salty as hell. He got a ring with the Rams. You were salty? I was I, salty. He did well. I watched I, those games. He did well. No, he did do well. He, I'm just he mad he himself. went away <laughs> and won with them sons of bitches the same salty way I felt when Verlander went to Houston and he went up getting a ring. Didn't Verlander win in like 04 or 05 with the Tigers? No. Oh. We lost the we lost twice. We lost to the Cardinals the first time. Oh, right, we won right, one right. game, and then we lost to the San Francisco Giants. We got swept. Oh, that's right. I forgot the Giants. Yeah. 
I don't remember. I think I was in school. I don't know. I, was, I don't remember why, but I never. I, I have never been big into watching baseball on television. Mm. I <laughs> love the games, but fucking is that is the most boring shit in the world to be on television. Dad was always passionate about it, so I was always aware. That's fair. I love hockey on television, and I know many people that are like, that's like watching paint dry. I but, usually yeah. don't watch it, but the Red Wings, every time they were in the playoffs, we tuned in. So Yeah, yeah. Watch a lot of fucking one zero games. You're like, this is like worse than soccer. Yeah. <laughs> like, That's a valid point. Now shut the fuck up and watch it. Hey, 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 I get it. Watch the game. <laughs> watch the game. That's right. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. It was, it, I, I do love that about that. There's an entire culture. You and I clearly just had like a 10 minute conversation about just sports. And we're not even like the, the, the real nutheads that get all into it. Oh no, dudes go real deep. But that's part of our that's part of our city is sports. Yes. That's Huge our part identity. Yeah. So even down to the collegiate level, Michigan, Michigan State, all of that. We're deep oh. into it. And um I love that about us. Yeah, I love that. And then um and I thought it was so cool because I've always thought this, especially now that I travel more as an adult. We were uh, in the top 10 of America's um, airports. And I was like, we do have a phenomenal airport in Detroit, DTW, the Metro Airport. That's pretty, it's a pretty good airport. I always thought that was cool. Can you hear me, Chip? Yeah, I can hear you. Oh, okay. Cool. Can you hear Yeah. But yeah, I always thought our uh, airport was have phenomenal. Ever, huh? Have you ever been to the one in Detroit? Not DTW, the other one. No, not the other one. <laughs> the metro or whatever. No, I'm talking about you know. Yeah, the I major know. airport, not not <laughs> the house for crackheads. <laughs> <laughs> I I think we flew through that once, and I was like, this place sucks. Good God, you might as well have flown through Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> That's weird. It had a gra- grainy yellow filter on it and everything. I'm like, where am I? Myself? Yeah, reporting? exactly. Somebody <laughs> Quentin Tarantino, you. <laughs> did Quentin Tarantino direct my <laughs> fucking baggage pickup? He did. <laughs> I'm crazy. You had to get the bag that says bad motherfucker on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> crazy, man. It's wild. No, I'm talking about the real airport. (laughs) That's one of the best in the the country. Not, you know, that's the only one I acknowledge. We should at some point talk about, not now. I I think we need to have kind of our own podcast at some point of like what went down with the riots, the white flight, and all the shit that went down. Because I think that there's a lot there. And you probably, we can talk about it for like an hour or something with that. Detroit, too, because we could go from the riots yeah. to fucking Kwame. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it, you know, Kwame was at the, I would say Archer, but Kwame was probably at near the head there of when Detroit really started to come, its comeback. Yes. Started really reinvesting a lot of money back into his downtown. There was, unfortunately, some gentrification, but essentially, like, it was. a lot of 
were burnt the fuck down anyway. So, yeah. <laughs> Get them up out of there. Yep. Um, it was crazy because everyone, every, all of us Detroiters and everyone that is listening to us that knows Detroit, we backed Kwame so hard. We believed mm-hmm. in that young black man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, He was like 33 or some shit, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, he was young as hell. He was young, yeah. He was intelligent. He was charismatic. Yep. Yep. And once oh, we got yeah. stabbed in the back, my God, what heartbreak <laughs> that was. Is he still in jail? They never. No, he's him, out. Right? He's out. He, did, did Trump pardon him or did yes, he, he get did. out? Yes, he did. Fuck you, Trump. Of all he's the not. things, <laughs> of all the fucking things that make me angry that that man has done, <laughs> he, he let that son crook. of a bitch out. That hooker killing motherfucker. Dude. Barack didn't pardon that guy. Exactly. He like, don't <laughs> use that black shit on me. Yeah, that's like, fuck <laughs> you, man. You fucked up. He like, you I fucking... know what you did to that city. Yeah. You fucked it up. And you can ride no. hell for that. You, Yeah, you stabbed your own people in the back. Fuck you. You ain't going to turn my voters against me. <laughs> God damn. Yeah. What a scoundrel. Mm-hmm. That big mother. I'd whoop his ass if he wasn't six foot twenty. Yeah. <laughs> That's just his weight. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even get to his height yet. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Shit. Good. Yeah. I, that, such a waste. Such a waste. Everybody believed that guy could have done really awesome things. He could have been really the king awesome of the life. city. Yep. He could have been one of the greatest mayors in America. You helped the city go from the bottom up. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Can you imagine? Like, dude, that that means the presidential seat is within your grasp. Maybe not Uh, immediately, but 10, 20 years. But he could have been in the conversation. Yeah. A a run? You You bring a city like Detroit from the brink to success over the course of, you know, 10 years, 15 years? Because no matter what. You know, stick around. He was going to get national news. Yeah, yeah. He, he just already chose was. to go the wrong way. <laughs> By killing hookers and shit. Jesus, I'm like, man. you killing hookers? <sighs> this motherfucker ste- was listening to Palpatine? What happened? Dude, k- killing hookers and stealing money. Like, yes. From poor people. Like, how yes. fucking shitty can you get, man? And you knew they were poor people because you were from there, bitch. <clears throat> God damn. Ugh. Uh, every time I get enraged talking about him, yeah, I just remember I'm, I remember the stories of when that broke. First of all, that was an amazing piece of journalism. Yes. Um, the, the 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 idea to do the Freedom of Information Act on their um, on their text messages. Text messages. I think that's what that yep. Was. yep. I think it was the Freedom of Information Act, and then oof, just it, from there it just blows the fuck up and. <laughs> The, the journalists follow that all the way through the end. Man, they just did a great job. The, uh, it was the free press, right? The trip yes, it was. Oh, the free. P- oh, man, they free. did such a great job. Yeah. What a scandal. Good God. Great that piece of journalism. Great. Yeah. Because it really pulled the veil out. Like, they, we knew there was maybe some sort of shenanigans going on. because the dude. But we cold, didn't but... know the level of shenanigans. Yeah, you were all like six deep with like five navigators and shit. Yeah. It's like we thought that was the road. Yeah. It looked like, like a motorcade all... going through the city. <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> like, where's he going? I don't know, McDonald's. We thought he was, you know, JFK in it. We didn't know, mm-hmm. you know, he was really, he was doing some 
J. Edgar Hoover shit. My <laughs> <laughs> oh. God, dang. Yeah, moron. Didn't need to do it. Didn't need to do it. Did it. Stupid. Stupid. Ah. Stupid. Stupid. Wasted. Wasted. His name could have gone down in the annals of like fucking history, you know. To, yeah, to have that opportunity. Right. Now he's one of the worst. He's like that DC mayor that was smoking crack. Very <laughs> very. <laughs> Yeah, and get reelected. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who is that one? Toronto or some shit like that that was smoking crack. Yeah, had like a heart attack <laughs> <laughs> from the crack. <laughs> from the crack. Well, yeah. Uh, Who still chooses crack? <laughs> uh, oh man, craziness, Chip. <laughs> Just craziness. Oh man, I feel like we could talk about this forever. Yeah, but I, know I think we, we gotta, do. We gotta, yeah. we gotta do a part two at some point. <laughs> I think let's save some material for part two. And, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. We gotta, we gotta pull back. <laughs> People already need an intermission for this one. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> We're getting Christopher Nolan long now. <laughs> <laughs> so before we wrap it up, you got anything to add? Ah, I think that's pretty good. I think we did great, Chip. I feel good about this episode. This was fun. <laughs> yeah, had a good time. Well, all right, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for listening. This has been Real Talk, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Mm-hmm. All right. Bye, Chip. Bye, buddy. <laughs>